from Los Angeles, California. This is the Rider Strike Chronicles podcast, and I'm Tanya Barnes. Hello, everybody. Today is Friday, December 14th, 2007, day 39 of the Rider Strike. In this episode, I'll conclude the Star Trek picket event held in front of Paramount Studios last Monday, December 10th. We'll hear from actor Anthony Montgomery and writer Bob Skier. First up is Anthony Montgomery. Here we go. My name is Anthony Montgomery. I used to be on Star Trek Enterprise. I was the pilot. How the strike affects me, because some very good friends of mine that I met when I was on the show are writers, and I wanted to make sure that when they told me this Star Trek Writers Day was organized that I came out to support them. Definitely wanted to have a show of solidarity because our contracts will be expiring soon and I pray that we don't find ourselves in this exact same position. So I figure the sooner we can let the powers that be know that our unions stand together, not just one, but we stand together as a united front, the better off we all will be. How can our union protect its members in the internet? That is a great question. I mean, just, I feel like we are not the negotiators. So no matter what it is that we come up with, we have to voice our opinions to all of those that we are appointing as representatives to go in and speak on our behalf. And they just have to make sure that their voices are loud. Very simply. You don't have to be disrespectful. You can be powerful. You can be strong and stand in truth without being degrading and demeaning and belittling because it's not necessary. And quite honestly, what are we talking about? Four cents? Eight cents? Get real. The studio system, from what I've been reading, is losing $20 million a week. And yet what they were hoping to save was $90 million a year. That's what I was told. Now, don't quote me on that, but this is what I was told. These are the things that I've been reading, numbers, different people that are associated with different parties involved. And coming from Indiana, I have a different, different sense of sensibility. If I'm losing $20 million a week and I'm only saving $90 million a year, the numbers don't pencil out. So at some point, people are going to, I think, get to that point and say, okay, what are we doing, guys? How many jets can you own? How many Porsches can you have? These are people that are struggling to feed their families. So ultimately, for me, that's what it's about. I'm out here to let them know that I support them because I love real TV. Reality TV, okay, that's fine. But they have writers on reality TV. Everything is scripted, even the unscripted that they like to say. So I want all of these guys to know that we're here to support. How does a labor strike affecting artists and writers and actors affect business and labor in Indiana? If it's a right-to-work state, then they may not feel like they're touched as much. But if you have a television and you ever turn it on, you're affected. A lot of the people in the Midwest, that's where major numbers from shows come from are the Midwest viewership. And if you don't have that, then what are we going to do with the demographics? There's going to be a complete paradigm shift. So it's hard. Everybody is affected. It's not just the writers. It's not just actors. It's not just the studios. 
the restaurants, the clothing industry, the textile industry, construction, everything is affected because this very big little business that they call it, it reaches so many parts that we have to get this together. We have to stand tall. Friends of mine are uh, local 399 transportation drivers. Guys, we're not crossing the picket lines. We are going to make sure that we let them know that we stand with them. So everybody gets it. This is a business. And give people more of an incentive than just their paycheck. You know, and if you've given your life's blood to writing a script, you deserve to get something years down the line. If you didn't come in and do anything on it, I don't believe that those people should get something. But give them a shot. Do you own a TV and do you watch it? I own a couple of TVs and I watch them all the time. I usually watch the news, which gets very depressing at times, so I find myself watching sports more often than not. But I'm an actor and since I'm on television, that's probably why I don't watch it as much. But I'm also a fan of the medium. Do you own a TV? Do you own a computer and do you watch any programming off the, any new media off the internet? I own a a few computers, but no, I don't watch, I don't have the time to sit and try to watch a movie on my laptop. I just, I don't have the time for that. So any television watching is, I turn on my TV and then I'm doing work on my computer and then I turn my computer off and watch television. Right on, right on. Parting shots you want to put out there? Just stand together. Just stand together, continue to show a united front, very simply, and all of this will be resolved. I'm an eternal optimist. It will all be resolved, and it's going to be resolved, and everybody is going to benefit. That's really all that these guys want. That's what SAG wants. That's what the writers want. We want it to be fair for people, simply. Thank you so much. You got it. That was actor Anthony Montgomery at the Star Trek Picket event held in front of Paramount Studios. Coming up is writer Bob Skier. What's your name? Bob Skier. Here's how it cuts really, really simply, is that very soon all entertainment will be delivered over the internet. All of it. Uh, The broadcast television that we now enjoy is going to be delivered over the internet. But what they want to say is, and management wants to say with the producers, the studios, what everybody is saying is that uh, they don't have to share the internet with us. Internet doesn't count. It's promotional or they can pay us a pittance or whatever, but there's no real money to be made in the internet. It's what they tell us. Meanwhile, they're telling their shareholders that there's billions and trillions to be made from the internet and it's the entire future. Which, of course, we know that as writers. And um, I think everybody knows that. Absolutely. But the thing is, they know that if they can cut us out of the profits on that now, if they can cut a deal with us where we agree to submit to them and say, okay, we won't see money from the internet, that means we won't see any money at all. The royalties and residuals that writers have always enjoyed will be gone. And we need that money to survive in the years that we don't sell scripts. Because a lot of us make good money in a year where we're writing scripts, and in the next two or three years, it's, it's famine after the feast. And so we need that money to survive. And writers, composers have always gotten royalties. They want to cut us out from all that. And not just us. It's just the writers today, but it's the actors tomorrow. And after that, it'll be the directors and everybody else. They're going to make it impossible for us to survive. And the key for them... So why do you need them? Why do we need them? 
We need them for the moment because that's the way that movies and television are distributed now. Right now, what's happening is there's a complete shift in the paradigm toward things like YouTube and toward the internet. And people are creating completely independently their own programming. And they're doing it uh, with extremely professional results. And they're also doing it in an extremely entertaining way. And I think what the networks and the studios need to realize is if they don't bargain with us and give us a fair deal now, they're going to permanently lose a lot of their audience to the YouTubes, to the internet-based uh, 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 entertainment, also to games. There's a lot of things out there people can be looking toward, and once they lose their audience now, they might not get them back again. Once people go on the internet and they're having fun, they won't necessarily want to come back to their shows, even their favorite shows. And they're in very big danger right now, the networks, the studios, the producers, of losing an already fragmented audience. They could lose it all just by being greedy. All they have to do is share with us in a way that won't cost them very much at all. But what they want to do is they want to keep every single penny. It's unfair. It's unfair, it's unreasonable, and it's not the way business should be conducted. And their unfair practices are going to cost them their industry. Share with me a vision of, of the future. The What's future is a very, very positive future would be one in which we get a fair deal. We're writing the kinds of things that we're writing now. We're delivering the same kind of movies, the same kind of television that we're delivering now. We're delivering it over the internet, which is cheaper for the companies that they make more money. And uh, we get to share in that profit as well, but it's easy access for everybody. You don't have to wait till Sunday night to see your favorite show. You know, your favorite show will premiere and be available thereafter, anytime on the net, for any kind of uh, access, anytime that you want to. So you don't have to worry about missing your favorite show. You can watch it anytime you want to. And there's going to be a revenue stream for that because there's always going to be advertising. So instead of advertising a show once, you get to advertise on that show. That's, that episode is going to broadcast forever, which is a, it's great for the advertisers, it's great for business, it's great for the studios, and it's also great for the writers. But it only works if everybody's willing to cooperate and share. And right now that's not the case with the studios. But in the best case scenario, it's more entertainment, more access to it, and everybody wins. You know, everybody wins. Because I have nothing against advertisements. I mean, everybody needs to, everyone needs the revenue stream to work. But for the revenue stream to work, everyone has to profit from it. You know, the Robert Barron era is over. And what we're dealing with right now is a Robert Barron mentality, where the studios feel that we're all serfs and we're all there to provide for them and they don't have to worry about us on any level. They want to roll back a health insurance so that they don't have to cover us there. They want to get rid of residuals. They don't have to cover us there. So that they get to keep every single penny and we're all left out in the cold. And, you know, I would, I would not wish that on any industry. I wouldn't wish that on the people who build our cars. I wouldn't wish that on the people who, uh, who supply water and energy. I wouldn't uh, wish that on anybody. And the fact that they can, you know, take one of the most single lucrative businesses in America, the single biggest industry, and it's our worldwide it's our worldwide export. Everybody watches American television. Everybody watches American movies. Uh, movies that are popular in Germany play in Germany. Movies that are popular in France play in France. There's no such thing as European movies. It's all very regional, except for the movies that come out of the United States, which play across the globe. 
We are the ambassadors, we are the spokesmen, we're the entertainers of the planet. And it all starts with the writer. It all is completely contingent upon the actors. It's all, none of it would happen without directors or cameramen or anybody. Why should these people be left out while the corporations make obscene fortunes? They can still make obscene fortunes, but also be fair and reasonable at the same time. It wouldn't cost them that much to be reasonable and fair. And that's all we're asking for, a deal that's reasonable and fair. Thank you very much. You have been listening to the Writer's Strike Chronicles podcast. For more information, visit our blog at wgastrike2007.blogspot.com. 